Review the man with the golden gun, and uh, well, you know, I was trying on that uh, ukulele intro. It's not an easy song to uh, master or even try to get, but uh, yeah, the man with the golden gun. Uh, this one, you know, I uh, this one almost slipped past me as far as the review. I, you know, I'm sorry about this, but uh, so I'll get right into this. Uh, I actually watched this um, a few months ago, and uh, I did my uh, This Spy Who Loved Me review first, and now I'm doing this, so that's all right. I can uh, whip up the memories, no problem. Uh, first one, I mean, this Bond has Christopher Lee in it, and I thought that's pretty awesome. I think it was a pretty big deal at the time, too. Sorry, I gotta drink some water. It's uh, it's hot. It's a hot August. You know, I got a pod when it's hot, and here I am doing that. But uh, uh, I I enjoyed this one. He, he, you got Britt Eklund as uh, the Bond girl. She's smoking hot, uh, and. Um, yeah, I liked. Uh, I like. <laughs> there's some genuine funny parts that reminded me of Austin Powers. Uh, um, uh, Gold member, uh, especially with the, the uh, what's his name, the mini me uh, kind of guy in this, working for Christopher Lee, um, and uh, James Bond fights him, and he's like hitting him all over with the luggage and. Or puts them in a luggage uh, suitcase and everything. It's pretty funny. It it it, it was totally it's like I see where Mike Myers got the idea for uh, uh, Austin Powers versus uh, Mini Me, and uh, of course let me go back to the cast real quick. Uh, let's see here. Don't have much battery left in my laptop, so I'll probably have to go to my cell phone. But uh, oh yeah, Maude Adams, and she's a major Bond girl that'll come back later. Uh, I believe in either Octopussy or Never Say Never Again, or maybe both. Uh, of course, you have uh, Clifton James as J.W. Pepper coming back to reprise his role as the annoying sheriff, and Knickknack. That's who I, was th you know, that's who the, the mini me character is in this. Knickknack, and play by Hervé Vilchiaz. Vilchiaz, and I know I butchered that name, <laughs> but uh, also. From Fantasy Island is known as the Plain to Plain guy. Um, uh, 
and all the classic characters uh, show up again. M, I mean, sorry, Q, uh, Money Penny, yeah, M, Bernard Lee, all the usual suspects. But Christopher Lee is uh, is a joy. He really embraces the uh, villain role as usual. But uh, yeah, he's he's kind of like this expert. Um, that expert killer, assassin for hire, I guess, that kills people with a, uh, a buildable golden gun. Uh, there's an awesome video game called uh, um, Sly Spy that has a golden gun that you can you get parts for in, in the game. And uh, it's too bad there's not like a Christopher Lee type villain in it, and, and it would have been perfect. You know, I just think of uh, Christopher Lee in the uh, in this uh, sweatsuit, like Adidas type sweatsuit in this movie. And, uh, he does this little somersault shooting in the beginning, this little uh, house of uh, uh, fun house scene where he's practicing uh, shooting people. And uh, it's an interesting way to open the movie because it gets you uh, into the mindset of this villain. And it's not like a big stunt or anything, so it cha they change it up. Um, this I'd say this one is, is definitely like the niche, a little bit more niche of, of all, the, all, all the Bond movies. It's, it's not quite as popular and some of the others, it's a little bit more strange. There's some strange uh, <laughs> things going on. It there's there's uh, there's a part where uh, James Bond has to put on three nipples, <laughs> so it gets very Austin Powers uh, again. Uh, um, that was also in the movie Mallrats, I believe. There's a, a three nipple thing. Uh, well, here's the storyline pitch. Obviously, it's going to be spoilers if I haven't spoiled enough already. Uh, Scaramon Scaramanga is a hitman who charges $1 million, $1 million per job. He becomes linked to the death of a scientist working on a powerful solar cell. Solar cell, and James Bond is called in to investigate. As he tracks down Scaramanga, he realizes that he is a highly respected He's a high, highly respected by the killer. Who will? But will this prove to be an advantage in the final showdown? Uh, here's a funny quote. Uh, James Bond. I mean, sir, who would pay a million dollars to have me killed? Um, jealous husbands, outraged chefs, humiliated tailors... The list is endless. That's a, a quote from the movie there. Uh, oh, this is kind of interesting. And uh, let's see, alternate alternate versions. Um, on the original MGM DVD release, a heavy amount of reverb is added to John Barry's score when Bond kills Scaramanga in the Funhouse. Uh, the original mono track 
uh, heard in the 2006 Ultimate Edition, which is the one I have. DVD cuts the music off just as Bond fires his weapon. The Dolby Digital 5.1 mix on the UE and the UE adds a smaller amount of verb, but still cuts the music off as Bond fires. That's interesting, and that's why. That's why it's interesting to to uh, to not throw away your old DVDs and VHSs because sometimes they're just a little different, you know. User reviews, top review, pretty good. Yeah, I'd say that sums it up. Uh, the Man with the Golden Gun wasn't a bad movie. Uh, this person gave it a seven out of ten. I'd say about right. I maybe I gave it like a closer to an eight, because uh, I'm just being extra nice. Uh, I actually thought it was better than Ian Fleming's novel. Whew! Quite a few of the movies adapted from his books are better than them, in my opinion. <laughs> I thought it started out pretty well, but it did kind of lose steam by the end, in my opinion. I like Christopher Lee and Maude Adams. Roger Moore is my favorite Bond, but I don't like him here as much as I, as in just about all his other movies. Britt Eklund was okay, but not great. And I'm usually easily pleased by most Bond girls. I actually like Tanya Roberts' character in A View to, View to a Kill, one of my favorite ones. Uh, the climax was pretty disappointing. Uh, the fight between Bond and Scaramanga should have gone on longer. That's a good point. I think that, that would have been cool. Um, the flying car was kind of dumb, <laughs> and I thought it was kind of pointless to have Sheriff J.W. Pepper in this movie. Uh, and I kind of, I, I was kind of hoping that, hoping he'd meet that kid somehow and give him 20,000, uh, bots. Some kind of money. It is Roger, it, it is, it is a Roger Moore Bond movie, after all. So it's not like it would have been unbelievable, unbelievable coincidence. That's a good point. Maybe that would have, I could have seen that being a deleted scene. Overall, it's it isn't it wasn't wonderful, but it's not that bad either. Yeah, it's about right. Um, the JW stuff feels kind of like thrown on, but there's a good boat scene, a really long boat chase scene. <laughs> I mean, but it's impressive. And, like, there's a part where Bond's chasing after the guy and the, the boat goes on land and it goes back into the water again. I think there's something like that. Uh, it's got to be the world's longest boat uh, action scene. Definitely the bo longest boat uh, stunt scene I've ever seen. That's interesting, though. It says, it says that it's better than the book. Um... I think when he's talking about Roger Moore, uh, he didn't like him here as in all his other movies. I think Roger Moore, again, gets a little serious in this one. I think so. I think there's he threatens a, threatens a Bond girl in this, and he gets a little bit, he gets a little mean in it, I think. And uh, I think the next one kind of addresses, uh, or kind of eases up on that a little. A little. Let's see. Uh... You go to the trivia. Sorry, I spent a lot of time on that review. I don't usually do that. Let's see here. While on location in Thailand, Sir Roger Moore found a cave full of bats. 
he couldn't resist seeking out Sir Christopher Lee, telling him what he had found and joking, Master, they are yours to command. Lee appreciated the joke. <laughs> That's pretty good. Roger Moore had such a great sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> In his autobiography, Sir Roger Moore said that when they were filming the boat chase uh, on the Klongs, he fell in twice. The first was on purpose because they told him not to do it. Yeah, he was just messing around. And the second time was by accident. On the second fall, Moore made the mistake of opening opening his eyes underwater and saw that the local undertakers, what the local undertakers did with the bodies of the less fortunate. Conversely, this is the only Sir Roger Moore Bond movie where the Bond character is not drenched in water in some way. <laughs> it's good. I never really put that together. Interesting. Uh, director Guy Hamilton admitted that he added the slide whistle to the car roll uh, because he didn't think that there was a way the audiences would take such a stunt seriously. He has since regretted this. Ex absolutely. I thought this stunt was in the in the previous movie, Live and Let Die, but I guess not. Yeah, there's an amazing stunt where it's a famous stunt where the, the car goes through the it gets jumps and spins in the air and it lands on the platform again and but there's a cheesy uh slide whistle and he says that he said he didn't think the audiences would take it seriously but see that tells you it's like don't don't second guess yourself don't uh it was like an insecurity and he kind of gave into that and that's that was a blunder because without that whistle, I think it would have been awesome. It would have been a lot more serious. Which is what you want in the car chase scenes and stunt scenes. Because you want to set that badass credibility that this stuff's really happening. Um, because the stunts are, in these cases. One of the lowest grossing Bond movies. That fact, combined with the behind-the-scenes problems, nearly made this his final Bond movie. Bond movie uh, and, and delayed production of the most entry of the of the next entry in the franchise the Spy Who Loved Me like I said this one's more of a niche Bond movie didn't catch on it's, it's not as big as the other ones before acting Sir Christopher Lee had a brief career in the British Secret Service in which he studied several languages one of these languages was Swedish. This was Swedish, yep. Offset, he spoke Swedish with Britt Eklund and Maud Adams. Huh. That's cool. His wife, uh, Git Lee, Gitty Lee, I probably said it right. Uh, ne Kronk. Uh, I know I said that wrong. It's Danish. Um... According to Sir Roger Moore, director Guy Hamilton wanted to toughen Bond up more in order to be closer to Ian Fleming's original intent for the character. See, this is what I was talking about. One of the ways uh, was by having uh, Bond twist the arm of Andrea Anders behind her back and threaten to break it unless she told him what he wanted to know. Yeah, this is 
one of the scenes here. Uh, Moore didn't enjoy filming that scene, uh, feeling that Bond would have instead charmed the information out of her. Another scene Moore didn't enjoy was pushing the boy into the water during the boat chase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like, uh, kind of, kind of, uh, kind of dickish, you know. It, they should have had a scene where he came back and, and paid the kid a whole bunch of money. Um, yeah, and that that probably touches on why this that reviewer didn't quite like uh, uh, this this uh, version, this portrayal by by Roger Moore of Bond. Because he's a little mean. He's a little mean, and he's a little serious. Although I kind, I kind of appreciate him, you know, being kind of tough. But it, it is this scene in in itself. Now that you watch it with the, how things are, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's kind of hasn't aged well. <laughs> but you gotta th still think, you know, this woman is probably she wouldn't think twice about having Bond killed. You know, and you have to think about, well, you know, she's the enemy in this. And so he's kind of, you know, you have to be that way as a spy a little bit. But, you know, Roger Moore makes a good point. He probably would have charmed her. Um, you know, not that I condone violence against women. I'm just saying in this film, in this reality, in this world, you know, it's an interesting way of approaching uh, your enemy, you know, when your enemy's a, a different gender and, and can kill you, um, or have you killed? Let's see. Let's see here. Traveling to Los Angeles for the Tonight Show. Starring Johnny Carson in 62, to promote this movie, Sir Christopher Lee had his golden gun confiscated by U.S. by U.S. Customs. Of course. Even if it wasn't put together, I wonder. That's one another thing I I, I heard him talk about. Like he practiced assembling the gun, uh, like several times. It took it took a a few times, but he finally got it right. And it's a, that's a good gimmick. The golden gun is a good gimmick in this movie. And I think it's got a good cinematic finale with the uh, base, the solar cell base. It's like the, he uses the power of the sun to, you know, charge to create energy. Um, then he sells, he, you know, he, he you know sells. He could sell this. His services and become, you know, billion a, a billionaire or whatever, and uh, he can use the power of the sun to, you know, destroy things too and all that. It's... And there's a whole scene where the the whole place, of course, starts to go up and everything. But the guy was the use the reviewers just saying that the uh, fight scene was a little underwhelming and it. Yeah, it could have gone on longer. Maybe some good back and forth shooting, and fist to fist, uh, fist to cuff fighting there would have been cool. But I don't remember being underwhelmed by it. But I think when Bond kills, 
uh, Scaramanga, it is kind of sudden. The title role was originally offered to Jack Palance before it eventually went to Sir Christopher Lee, the cousin of Ian Fleming, who was known as the Man of the Golden Gun. Uh, oh, the cousin of Ian Fleming, who was known as the Man of the Golden Pen. Fleming had previously wanted Lee in the title role in Dr. No. He was Ian Fleming's cousin? Wow. The man with the golden pen. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Uh, Christopher Lee wore full body makeup to give the appearance of having a tan. Yeah, he's, he's kind of a pale dude. You know, he, play, he played Dracula a hundred times, so he, he's got to be a pale dude. The martial arts scenes were added to the script because the genre was becoming popular at the time of filming. Yeah, there's a lot of cheesy uh, martial art kung fu fighting in it. But it's fun. I think that's where it gets a little silly. And some of the fight scenes, I didn't think they choreographed them uh, enough because some of them, some of the moves that Roger Moore does are a little too loose. And I, I think I would have maybe done a couple more takes so it they didn't seem so sloppy. Like some of the, some of the chops he does, it just doesn't seem like he's putting that much speed into them or really committing to them that good. The Man with the Golden Gun was the thirteenth and final complete James Bond novel. Written by Ian Fleming, it was the first and only one of his full James Bond novels to be published posthumously. Uh, humus, yeah, humusly. Uh, some sources claim that it was unfinished at the time of his death, where other ex experts uh, maintain that Fleming had completed it before he died. It is of controversial debate as to whether the Fleming wrote the novel completely himself or with uh, others involved or other. Fleming's own personal correspondence from the period indicates that he had completed the novel and submitted it to his publisher before his death. The correspondence also, also indicates that, the Fleming, that Fleming was not pleased with the novel, and he was considering retiring from writing Bond novels because he feared he'd lost his edge. Wow. That movie marked the first time since Roger Moore fired his Walther PPK in the Bond film franchise. That's interesting. Didn't quite put that together. The source of the name Scaramanga originates um, in the name of a man of the of a man that Ian Fleming knew as Pandia Scaramanga. Uh, he had met him and stayed at his house on the island of Hydra. <laughs> island of Hydra. In the Greek Isles. Reportedly, that makes sense then. Reportedly, uh, Fleming sought permission from him to use his surname. Indicating that he would... Uh, well, just use his surname. Indicating that he would be James Bond's 
adversary in the man with the golden gun. The real Scaramanga apparently responded, I certainly do not mind you using my name, but please do not kill me. Um, in the dinner scene with Scaramanga, Bond says, There is a word with four letters, and you are full of it. A sentence that was used again by Bond. This time played by Timothy Dalton in the living daylights. After being captured by Koskov, that's pretty awesome. I'll have to keep that in mind when I watch that one. I'm looking forward to the Tim Timothy Dalton uh, <laughs> review, uh, Bond reviews. Uh, I'm going to wrap this one up because there's so much trivia. Like I said, this could go on for hours. You know, if you want a really awesome, thorough, like, no bullcrap Bond review, uh, you got to check out um, the Hollywood Saloon. And you'll have to listen to them on iTunes. Uh, they're classics, and they really go thoroughly into... They'll do, like, three hours on the whole Bond, and they'll bunch them all together, like a few of them together. Uh, me, I just I kind of keep it light here, <laughs> um, kind of sticking to tradition. Uh, let's see here. This will be the last one. Let's talk about the corkscrew car jump. Again, the corkscrew car jump was apparently conceived several years before this movie went into production. Researchers at Cornell University were, studi were studying rollover collisions for the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. And they did a computer simulation of the barrel roll stunt used in this movie. Uh, race car driver W.J. Mulligan Jr. Whew, that's a name. That's enough name. Let's see. Who, who is the promoter of the American Thrill Show during the 60s and 70s with the sponsorship of the American Motors Corporation? Performed the barrel roll stunt known as the Astro Spiral Jump. And it debated, it, it debuted, it debated, it debuted, debuted, uh, uh, on January 12, 72, at the Houston Astrodome, using an a AMC Javelin, Milligan was contracted by producer uh, Robert Albert R. Broccoli uh, during an American Thrill Show performance in Hershey, Pennsylvania, where he wanted the stunt performed in a James Bond movie. Uh, Harry Saltzman and Robert R. Broccoli allegedly took uh, patents and copyrights for, on the stunt. Wow as they did not wish it to appear in another movie before they had used it. Interesting that you can do that. You can copyright a stunt. Uh, the 360-degree car spiraling jump over a canal was performed in just one take. That's incredible. By an uncredible, uh, by the unedited, ah, sorry, uncredited British stuntman, Bumps Willard. Uh, as eight cameras simultaneously captured a spectacle, yeah, you better get as many cameras as possible. Uh, so potentially hazardous was the nature of the stunts. Drivers, ambulances, and cranes were on standby alert in case of catastrophic consequences of any uh, consequences. Uh, the stunt was so rapid that the film is shown in slow motion. Uh, Willard was given a large bonus for completing the jump on the first take. Yeah, it, it, I could imagine it going a lot faster because the way it's, it flips, you got to do that fast. Uh, Jay Milligan performed a drive, 
performed the driving stunts of the AMC Hornet used in this movie. AMC provided 15 vehicles used in this movie. Some of them were the AMC Matador police cars. There were just two AMC Hornets used for the spiral jump stunt, and one of them is owned by Jay Mulligan, uh, which, is in the ba which is the backup vehicle, while the other one is in a museum. The jump is also credited with being the first stunt ever to be calculated by computer modeling. So there you go, the man with the golden gun. Thanks for holding out and waiting for this one. I know it's been a while since I've been a Bond uh, review. Uh, I keep it I keep it moving here. I'm keeping it going, keeping the tradition alive. It'll probably keep going into Bond season again in November. Where you have uh, usually, I think it was like 20 days of Bond or something like that. Um, used to be there. It used to be on uh, TBS or something, one of those channels. TNT. I think it was TBS that did it. Or TNT. Um, had a lot of fun with this movie. The song is uh, a pretty zany song, but they make it work. And uh, I try to... <laughs> I try to bookend this episode with my ukulele, ukulele skills is barely making it happen here. And, and uh, with The Man with the Golden Gun by Lulu. Uh, hope I uh, hope you enjoy this review. I enjoyed the movie. Check it out if you haven't. Even with spoilers, it's still a fun movie to, to watch. I'll see you in the next, in the next review for one of my favorite Bond movies, especially Roger Moore's run, The Spy Who Loved Me. The man 